Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. Hello, I'm Bill Peacock, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 82 of the Liberty Cafe. It's really a blessing to have you here with me today, as it always is, and it's also a blessing to be sponsored by Texas Scorecard. It's a great group of men and women, Texas Scorecard and all the folks who are around that group, fighting for your liberty and mine, and not just from a, you know, a conservative perspective, but but many of them are fighting from a, for liberty, not just civil liberty, but for Christian liberty, for us to walk in obedience with God each day. So it's great to be a part of that group, have them sponsor the Liberty Cafe, and why don't we go ahead and get started? Well, today I'd like to talk about why men can't have babies. Now, for most of my listeners, I would hope that you don't really need that explanation. It should be pretty self-evident. But as many of you know, that's simply not the case in the world today. There are a lot of people who are just fine with the fact that apparently men can have babies. Men can have menstrual cycles. Uh, Men can do all kinds of things. Men can have sexual relationships with other men. Uh, Women can have sexual relationships with other women. And well, well, those things can happen. Uh, There's a problem with them. But in the case of men, of course, having babies, that's simply impossible. And so what I'd really like to do is just address this whole topic here and and kind of put it from a biblical perspective. I mean, again, we all know this from a conservative perspective, from a common sense perspective even, but I'd really like us to take it back and look at it from a biblical perspective. And, it, and also I said that m- most of my regular listeners and the folks who come to Texas Scorecard for content don't may not need this from... Th- uh, just a common sense perspective, but, I, but there's also folks who might just show up and listen to this broadcast who don't believe the way you and I believe, and I'd like to have them also hear the problems with all this from a biblical perspective, from the perspective of he who created the heavens and earth, and why, why it's so wrong. And so let me, let me read to you a little bit here from a, from a tweet that kind of got me started on this. So everybody's heard about the drag show at the, I think it's a Dallas area gay bar, Mr. Mister, if you get the point there, and where they had these parents apparently brought their children. It didn't seem like there were a lot, but there were some there to come watch men run around fairly scantily clad and shake their bodies at all these people, including these young children, in a very sexual way. <laughs> and there's, there's just something really, really wrong with that. And again, it, it doesn't take a whole lot of understanding to figure out what. But unfortunately, a whole bunch of this world believes that that's perfectly okay, or at least says out loud it's perfectly okay. Almost everybody in the mainstream media 
the federal government of the United States of America. Can you imagine George Washington or Alexander Hamilton or Thomas Jefferson, you know, thinking those things were okay, but our government does today. Democrats typically believe that, at least Democratic officials and office holders who talk about it, those who don't, I guess, keep quiet. And, and, and so, you know, like everybody else, I got a little bit, a little concerned about this and, and felt like I needed to say a little something about it. So I went on to Twitter. Well, actually, it was because I was on Twitter and saw something that I, that I said a little something about it. So there was a, somebody had put out a tweet on this. Actually, a, a person uh, named Charlotte Clymer, who we'll get to in just a moment, and put out a tweet, a tweet about this, and there were responses to it. And so, for instance, the, the Demo- some Democrats, I think it was, in Texas, I think maybe it's the party, said, seems like there are a few more pressing things we should be doing to actually look out for the well-being of Texas children than worrying about drag queens. Because the state representative said that he was going to file legislation to make this kind of activity illegal. And, you know, that's not a bad thing to do. But the Democrats, I'm sure they were referring to, like, gun violence and, and those kind of things, the shootings in the schools, and uh, probably a ton of other things. They probably think spending more money on public education is more important than worrying about whether young children have men flaunt their bodies in, in front of these young children. So... Anyway, Charlotte Clymer put this tweet, tweet and here's, here's what she said. She said, I'm sorry, this is what Charlotte Clymer said. Let me get to the he, she in just a minute, too. My kid is never going to a drag show. It's inappropriate for fully clothed drag artists to dance in front of kids. Instead, I'm taking him to an NFL game where he can sit beside me as I drink and watch a cheerleader twerk in her cowgirl boots at midfield. So Charlotte here has a point. In some circles, we get very upset about homosexuality, transgender things and stuff like that, but we spend far less time uh, focusing on the scantily clad women um, and like at football games, walking down the street in movies and all those kinds of things. And, and so she certainly has a point on, on that perspective. And here, here's my response to that. One, that it's not okay for a man to go and look at a cheerleader scantily clad Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. It's also wrong if he took his daughter or his son to do the same thing. But here, here was my response to, um, to Charlotte. I, 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 I tweeted back, I said, it's not okay, Charlotte, for people to do that. It's wrong. But it is normal because men and women are made to relate together 
in certain ways, including sexually, and it's normal for men to be desirous of other of women, women to be desirous of men, and for them to have sexual relations together. So that's normal. However, it's abnormal for men to have relations with men or women to have relations with women and for men to pretend they're women and for women to pretend they're men. And I quoted a passage out of Deuteronomy 22.5. Nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak, for whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. So, of course, what happens in these situations is we sin, and then we sin again, and we sin again. And if we don't repent of our sin and walk back to the Lord, even though we continue to sin in certain ways, what happens is the Lord tends to give us over to our sin and let us fall deeper and deeper into that. And that's happened many times to cultures throughout history. That's what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. And it also happens to individuals. That's what happened to Pharaoh. Pharaoh kept sinning and sinning and sinning, and God just gave him over to his hard heart and, in fact, helped him along by hardening his heart. And and we fall into to further sin. And so that's what's going on with homosexuals and transgender folks is their their sin is so robust and so unrepentant that they just are give in to this and they do things that are not normal that are abnormal and in fact that are abominations to god now there was one response to my tweet i I got eight likes on it you know i don't get a lot of likes on stuff but but that was pretty nice but mary mc replied normalized misogyny is wrong Archaic religious cultism has no place in modern society. There's no hate quite like right-wing Christofastist love, in parentheses. So, I get where she's coming from. If, if you don't know God, if you don't know God through Jesus Christ, none of this is going to make sense. But I, I think it's worth still for us to go back and look at these things a little more closely and see from a biblical perspective why what the right way is and what the wrong way is. So let's just walk through that just a little bit here and go through scripture. So, you know, obviously we start with this well where we should start with everything basically when it comes to God's word and the truth about this world is back in Genesis 1. So why is it that men can only be men, that women can only be women, that a man can't have a baby, that women shouldn't be soldiers in combat, and things like that? Well, it's because that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then after that, as part of that, God took the man whom he created and put him in the garden and told him to take care of the garden, work the garden, and keep it. But he realized that it wasn't good for the man to be alone. So he brought him a bunch of animals, but but those weren't suitable to him for a helper. And so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. 
and the rib that was the Lord God that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So that is the full picture, really. I mean, there's a lot more we could add to it, but that's a very full picture of the fact that God created man and God created women. He created them both together, made them able to join in one flesh, but yet they were separate. And he also created them in his own image. He created us in his own image. Right? He said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So we're, we're separate. Right? We, we have two different identities as human beings, yet one identity is being made in the image of God. And then why is all this important from... One perspective, it's all important because God made us this way so we, because he had a task for us to do. See, God had made a little garden and put man in it, and he created the whole world, but he hadn't prepared the rest of the world like the garden was. You go back to Genesis 2, and, and it, it wasn't planted like the garden. It needed to be cultivated. Now, there was no sin yet in the world, so the cultivation was not going to be hard, but it was going to be work. And so we needed to go out there and do that. And we needed, in order to do that, to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the world and also over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moved on the earth. And so we had a role to do, and Adam couldn't do it by himself, and he couldn't do it with the animals. So he had man. Man got a man came woman, and it was man and woman being fruitful and multiplying, fruitful and multiplying both in in birth, but also in faith and walking and carrying out the world. The task that God had given us. But we have a little problem here in the fact that we sinned. And once we sinned we turned against God. In fact, it was our turning against God that brought sin into this world. It was Adam's sin of turning against God that brought sin into this world. And ever since that time, man has raged against God. We go over to Psalm 2 and we read, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together and against the Lord and his anointed saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. So we're in a war. We've been in a war since against God since Adam and Eve rebelled against him. And we're going to be in a war. Humanity's going to be in a war against God until Christ finishes his work here in sanctifying us. He's finished his work of of justifying us, but there's still work of sanctification to be done. And until all of us here on the world are full and complete, lacking nothing, and we're trusting God for everything we need when Christ finally returns. 
that's going to be that's a slow process apparently we'd like it to be faster but god is taking it slow but nonetheless as we christians have to remember we're in a world and we have things that we need to do to take care of that and take care of our responsibilities here and one of those big ones is to you know, change the culture and the way we change the culture is by making disciples of jesus christ you know jesus gave us the great commission to be fruit to to go out and disciple the nations baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything that he commanded when we do that culture changes it becomes more like heaven and that's what we pray in the lord's prayer right thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven as we make disciples of god and then as we disciples learn more about god as we study his word and as he sanctifies us through the power of the spirit and the power of his word the world starts to look more like heaven and uh, i know some christians don't believe that and dispensationalists particularly think we're going to hell in a handbasket although there's folks in my denomination presbyterian church of america who basically believe the same thing but we're, we're heading in a good direction but it's going to be a fight to get there. It's a fight we're winning. It's a fight we're going to win. So we, we just need to take heart with that. But as we're going through that fight, I, I thought it would also be useful just to, I've talked about the kind of the positive design here, but uh, for things and how it should work and why men and women are different and they can't, shouldn't relate to each other men and men and women and women can't relate to each other they men and women shouldn't dress as the other sex and of course men can't have babies but let's look at the other side of that the more the negative commands on that where god just makes it really clear that it's wrong for men and women to do these kind of unnatural abominations so for instance um I mentioned Deuteronomy 22.5 earlier. A man shall not wear a man's garments, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak, for whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. Pretty straightforward. Transgender folks are very confused, but they're also very wrong. Uh, here's Leviticus 20. If a man lies with a male as with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. Um, here's a passage out of, um, out of Romans. Right. So we, we find here, this is Romans chapter 1. Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they had exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And all this comes, as Paul tells us right after that, because they did not fit, see fit, to acknowledge God. And so what God did was give them up to a debased mind to do what 
ought not to be done. We see another passage in June, Jude 6 and 7. And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he, God, has kept in eternal change. Chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, who likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. And this is this passage is pretty interesting because it alludes to the fact that you know we have the Nephilim in the Old Testament. There's multiple explanations for what the Nephilim were, but I'm convinced the Nephilim were products of angels falling, coming down to earth from heaven. So they, and they didn't stay in their own position of authority, but came down here and they had relations, sexual relations with women, earthly women, human women. And the Nephilim were the, were the result of that. And that's why in large part, the flood came because remember God had promised Adam and Eve, and Jesus actually was the one making these promises to them, that the woman's seed would defeat the serpent's seed. So what did the serpent do? Well, he sent some of his minions down, these these fallen angels, to pollute the seed of the woman. And the Nephilim was the result. And it seems like these Nephilim were growing more and more and and the Nephilim would have sex with women, and then the, the seed of the man, of the woman, was getting more and more diluted. And that would, you know, because God, Satan's smart enough to know that he can't defeat God directly. So he was going to defeat him by eliminating the seed and condemning all of God's people to hell for eternity. But God knew better than that. He knew that Satan, what Satan was up to, and so he destroyed this the the polluted seed and brought through um, Noah and his offspring. So it it can go farther than that. But the same thing happened. So th- so that is abnormal stuff, just like what went on with you know all the folks at Sodom and Gomorrah. They were so confused and hated God so much, but they wanted to have sex with angels, the ones that came and visited Lot, and so they were destroyed for that too. So I want to wrap up there, but but just before I do, I want to make sure that I'm not doing what so many other, what, what some people do sometimes, and what we're often accused of as Christians is just focusing on homosexuality, because there's a lot of other sins that are wrong. So let me just read this out of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So it's really clear that you know, I may not practice homosexuality, but yeah, I've got other problems in my life. I'm a sinner too, and if I don't repent, if I'm greedy, and I don't repent of that greed, but I continue to fall into greed, uh, 
and deny Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and the only way out of my greed, I'm not going to inherit the, the kingdom of God. And neither are idolaters nor fornicators, men having women with having sex with women or women having sex with men, drunkards. You, you, you may be an upstanding citizen, but you go out and get drunk every night and you don't ask Jesus to forgive you for that and all the rest of your sins, you're going to hell as well. But, Paul finishes, you who were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So those of us who have been washed and sanctified and justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ don't need to worry about our eternal destination. And that includes homosexuals as well as fornicators and liars and cheats and everybody else. Well, thank you for being with me today on episode 82 of the Liberty Cafe. And thanks again to our sponsors, Texas Scorecard. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate this show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.